Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are going to have a discussion tonight about the state of play over at the stadium of light. We're not going to go on too much about the um, the actual game of the weekend, I think, um, due to the fact Sunderland lost uh, to a side who haven't won since March, I believe, and are 90th in the in the pyramid. It's not great. It's not acceptable. We're going to decide whether it is one of the worst results in our history, however, and we're just going to remind people uh, our stance on the on the situation with the owners and that as well. Chris Weatherspoon's here for that, obviously. Obviously. People like, were just giving like the people what they want. It's what they, it's what they would expect. <laughs> you can't, you can't oh, have discussions. Can't have discussions about the owners, Chris, and not have you on. But that was your cue just to say right. hello anyway. Don't go getting ahead of yourself and getting All above right, your okay. station. Hello. Good evening. Good, Good evening. People are listening on the, on the commute tomorrow. Or in America, or something. Or something like that, yeah. Oh, actually, it was timeless, isn't it? It's not like it's live. Cut that it's rubbish. <laughs> I'll edit it, and then I'm not going to cut that out. Can't I was going to say, really? Some of the stuff we leave in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> You're going to go back and tear that out. Oh, right. Well... It'll be like CNN-style filler. That's what it is. That's what we've got to do now. Podcast's going to go on for... Um, Three days and nothing's going to change in that time. Well, it was quite impressive, to be fair, how many different times they could tell you the same thing by using by using yeah. different angles and looking at those stats and figures and keep it engaged and interesting. They did a really good job there. Yeah, um, yeah but we'll not go there. Should, we'll they not... didn't say anything about the um, <laughs> XG in uh, in like Pittsburgh, though, did they? Which is a bit disappointing. Yeah, similar <laughs> stuff. Similar stuff, though, isn't yeah. it? Projecting. Yeah. By using so data. Apparently, like apparently, Trump's querying the uh, XG. So he's saying that <laughs> um, he had a really high XG in Pittsburgh, and he should have won. Um, but there you go. Yeah, but he didn't. Who knows? He didn't. We'll not go there. We'll not bring politics. We're not. I was just being, trying to do a, a joke about um, XG and stats. <laughs> And how boring stats can be made interesting by people at CNN. We're acknowledging it anyway, because maybe one day in like 20 years, somebody decides to listen to us in the first episode mm. after the US mm. presidential election. Why anybody yeah. would do that, I don't know. But yeah. you never know. Yeah, you never know. know. Somebody might be looking at social history or something. and we'll probably have been blown up by then, in 20 years. Well, that's a that's a dark start of the evening, isn't it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, start start as you yeah. mean to go on. <laughs> oh, we've got our own. We've got our own. Um, we've got our own Donald fantasist uh, Donald to get rid of, probably. So, yeah, you know, he um, he's got bigly support from uh, the fan base. Um, bigly amount of money. Yeah. Uh, to to spend. Well, if, apparently, if you if you just listen to all the positive. Thoughts about them and ignore the illegal negative ones. That's how you'll uh, you'll see the true picture of someone, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, indeed. Well, a true picture on Saturday was um, 
I think it's safe to say the players who came in and were given a chance didn't do themselves any favours, did they? Because um, regardless of what my stance might have come across like, it's still a result that's not acceptable. I'm not going to shy away from that. Thoughts, initially? You're trying to see before, before, before we look Before we'll, we'll look into the gravity, the actual gravity of the result in a minute, but just sticking to the performance firstly. Um, there's some of these players who some of us have been calling to play in the league. So they've been given a chance and barring the new left-back, I don't think anybody's really um, in a position to say they've, they've um, staked a claim. Yeah. I think uh, the, the, the odd thing is really in the first half we should have we should have certainly been at least one up. Um, I'm really not sure what happens to Danny Graham when he puts a son on the strip on. But he seems to... <laughs> He seems to stop being a centre forward. Um, when he scored yeah. on his debut as well against Villa Kids, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, it's different this time now. <laughs> it's so it's different. It'll be fine." I mean, the, the best part of that on Saturday is like the the picture that some the one of the photographers has taken, where he's like he's literally like a yard off the line, and you're like, "How on earth can he miss from there?" But it's Danny Graham in a Sunderland shirt, so of course he can miss from there. But I think yeah, set the tone of Charlton. That, that that's all it takes. Well, Sometimes yeah. you know, it's all it takes. It unravels quickly. I think my main kind of takeaway from it was just how slow we are. Like, like we even even with like some like young lads in the team who like we, we've been seeing like some people have been shouting for them to be in, and, and I'm not blaming them certainly, but like especially in the middle of the park, we're just like so slow the way we move the ball and that and. Look like I know we're going to go into the gravity of it and that, but it, it's not a it's it's obviously not a good result. And you, you would just like to think we'd look a bit more. I don't know, like we'd have something more to us when you play in that. that well, Max Max Power's been dropped from the league team, and George yeah. Dobson hasn't really. Well, he's been dropped from last season, really. But Max Power, you know, started the season and played, was captain. Now he finds himself out of the side. You would have thought in the middle of the park. Uh, where you're looking for somebody to show a bit of energy and um, you know take initiative and get on the front foot, you'd think personally those two would have something, something to prove. And and it's the midfield where you start when you're looking at how quickly the ball's been moved. They just um, didn't get going, did they? The, you know, powers, you know, a bit sluggish on the ball. Kept getting caught. Um, didn't really. Noticed Dobson in any capacity. He, he was just anonymous in the, in there. So, I mean, you know, neither of them played particularly well. Um, you know, it seems to be a bit of a with power. It's a bit weird at the moment. It seems like he's like the the newest person that people have decided. Well, he's he's a problem now. We're not. He's a kind of like the player we need to get into a bit, but. You know he's he's been he's been in form and out of form and in form and that's just the way players are going to be at this level. You know, like he's just out of form at the moment. He'll come back, but the fortunate thing is we've got players. Um, Has Dobson in been in form and out of form and in form? No, I'm just talking about power. <laughs> I, know. I mean, Dobson, I know. Dobson's a different uh, <laughs> a different conversation. <laughs> um, but we have got we've got players in that position. Um, who are playing well at the moment? So, you know, I'm sure like power will come good again. Uh, I haven't, got, I haven't got really any doubts about that. I think, I think my issue with power is that you, I'm still not exactly sure what his 
what his best role for us is. Like, I mean, he's talked like on multiple occasions of like adding goals from midfield, and I and I just don't see, I really don't see that happening. Certainly not <coughs> under this, and I'm not, I'm not actually necessarily saying that's because he's incapable of it. I just think like the system, the where he's been deployed in that. To me, like you, you never expected Max Power to be making a run into the box or whatever, and I and I do I feel like, like I feel like this formation, um, it is like a real like safety first kind of thing, and I, 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 to be honest, I, I was disappointed on Saturday when I saw the like the formation that we hadn't changed because I'm a bit like it 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 just feels like quite defensively minded and I'm like do we really need that when we're playing Mansfield Town at home? I can understand I can understand from a manager's point of view where you want to keep a system and you want people to come in and know their place in that in that system and, and in that team I, 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 I can see your point as well sometimes you've got to be able to adapt and think let's approach this game in a different way I can't, I can't yeah. not be on the fence what, like I'm very much on the way? fence with that but I can see both sides of that argument but I just think people get bogged down in this system thing far too often. I think like five at the back triggers people. I'm not saying this is the case for you, Chris, but I do get the point you can mix it up a bit and but I don't think necessarily switching from a three at the back or I think I think, back, I think it, later on later on in the game later on in the game there's more of an argument our for big, that. Our most attacking threat was McFadden, who was a left back. Yeah. I mean mm. you know, it, it, just because you I think people I don't. I don't agree that it's a a safety first system, and I think the stats would bear out this season that we have been more aggressive. Um, we just haven't taken the chances, and really, we should be two 0 up in the first fifteen minutes on on Saturday, and we don't hit the post, hit the bar, and then we sort of just meekly like don't get going after the second half, second half starts, and then kind of just meekly plod on through the rest of the game. And the issue again comes down to the manager's inability to change the course, the pattern of a game within a game, um, which we saw again at the weekend. Um, you know, bringing Aidan O'Brien on as essentially a left wing back. I mean, that's the point where you can change the system within the yeah. game, maybe, and go, we're going to yeah. do something different here. Yeah. Um, that was a bit odd, but I, f- I felt pretty. You know, indifferent to the whole thing afterwards. Really, I mean, I'm not particularly, you know, disappointed that we got beaten. But and it's a bit, you know, it's always embarrassing to get beaten by a team in the, from the division below. But you know, that I've seen that kind of performance in a cup game from Sunderland in the last fifteen years, last twenty years, probably more, yeah. probably more than I've seen a good performance because that is, and there are a lot of clubs out there who would be the same. It just happens. For whatever reason, our focus isn't. You could have an, a debate and argument about where our focus should be in these games, but I just think it's it's not indicative of a level that we're playing at. It's indicative of like I know some people are kind of going, oh, you know, it's it's indicative of the fact we're in League One. We we've been beaten by Mansfield. We've been beaten by a team who in the, the division below us. We've had like much worse yeah. defeats in cup competitions over the years and. It's always, I think, it's just generally our priorities are always with Sunderland. In the time you supported Sunderland, I honestly, there's been very few seasons where it's been, it's just a mid table plod, which generally promotion or relegation battles. I think that focus is always on that task 
and when we get into these cups sometimes I think the players rightly or wrongly struggle to struggle to motivate themselves until it gets to that last stage I mean this it's a Division 3 team losing at home to a Division 4 team isn't it you know, we, we, the, the the thing about where they are on the league table doesn't really hold significance unless we are further apart from that. So, I mean, you know, Notts County at home and, uh, sorry, yeah, Notts County at home under Bruce, I think, was it? And Brentford yeah, away, yeah, Brentford away now. under McCarthy, I think that was, well, they yeah, were a couple of divisions sure below us as well. Um, I can remember losing to Huddersfield and Preston in the League Cup back at Roker Park, who were, well, were teams who were in the divisions below us in the FA Cup. Um, Berry, the fair, obviously Berry, the fair. Berry, one when they were, they were, they were bottom, yeah, the they were bottom of the football pyramid, and we we just Brian, been relegated. Barry Murphy scored the goal, and, and that you know that that was a that was a low moment because it was the same day when Phillips had said he wasn't going to come back as well, and I can remember I was actually walking around the Metro Centre at the time, thinking, God, does it get any worse than this? But in terms of you know. The FA Cup also, and I'm and I'm sorry if I sound like you know one of these regular people, and it's almost a cliche. But the FA Cup lost credibility as well a long time ago for this to count enough as a result, and people can't say it didn't. People don't go to FA Cup games. We played Berwick in the fifth round of the FA Cup, and there were like twenty thousand fans there. People don't care about it. The managers don't care about it. They change the teams. We've beaten Sheffield United and Burnley in the League Cup. Last yeah. year, they were two. They were two divisions above us. Do you think their fans are, are now saying, "Oh God, can you remember when we lost to Sunderland? That was the worst um, result in our club's history." It's just, it's just not. It's just not. And I there are lots of things, are. lots of things to mourn about at the moment. By the way, when Sunderland won the league in '87, we went out to Scunthorpe, who were in Division Four in the FA Cup that year. So I it th- happened happened that season as well. And we lost to Hartlepool in the quarterfinal of the um, EFL Trophy, as it mm. is now. Um, obviously losing a local derby to a team who would have been in the division below us, um, so it does happen. It does. Like, I think it's not it a happens, huge thing. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't be disappointed you lose, but I don't think you need to like hit the red button just because you've like lost an FA Cup game. I could, I can, if if it was so contextualising the Bury game, for example. I know you want to get a point in, Chris. Sorry. Right. Um, but you know, if we keep talking, you'll never speak, and then until we get the Donald bit. <laughs> the um, so, if you contextualise the Bury game, um, if that Bury game had happened on Saturday, it would have got a negative reaction, but nobody would have been as bothered at the time when it happened because we'd lost. Um, well, did we draw Coventry on the opening? No, day? we lost the first two games. They lost. They lost all of them before. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had. Yeah, yeah we lost four. Yeah, we four lost four straight away. Yeah, yeah, four. That was it. We got beat off Southend, didn't we? And then we played. Bury we lost to Coventry. We lost at home to Millwall. We lost to Southend. Plymouth. Do we... Pl- the Plymouth? We yeah. got beat at home to Plymouth. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that was the Irish day, wasn't it? But yeah, it was the Irish day. Yeah, Kenny Cunningham's back pass. Very few. Obviously, feeling very festive that day, <laughs> um, and gave the ball straight to a Plymouth player who scored. Um, I remember, like, I can't remember the lad's name. Plymouth player, I think he um, Norris played for played, the... for, Ever- played for Everton. I think it oh, was. Right. And he, he scored. I can't I mean, really recall him. That was very awesome. Uh, but anyway, that's a that's a digression. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, in context, that losing that cup game to that team compounded the problem. If we if we were like fifteenth in the league yeah. at the moment, yeah. and we lose that game on Saturday, yeah. I think yeah. the fume is great and it is correct. However. We've beaten the top two teams in the league. We're a point off 
second with a game in hand. If we win our game on Saturday, we'll go at least third because I think only Hull are playing um, in, in in ourselves um, in that in that top six. So well, we'll come on to that record. I think in the second part, because I want to talk about Parkinson as well. But I think we just. I mean, myself and Gareth clearly in, dis- in in agreement here. I mean, sorry for a change. Um, <laughs> I think when you're looking at you know great you know games that are you know that's the lowest point in the, in, in the history. The, the the two that those obviously are when we got relegated by Burton at home um, in 2018 that set us back down to this level, and the first time it happened when we lost to Gillingham in the playoffs. You know, they they are dark moments because they are they are having a really black they are leaving a black mark. In the history of the football club, this will be forgotten about quite this quickly. Game, I think this game, and I, I agree. I think this, like uh, Gareth, me and you had a debate of sorts on this on Saturday, didn't we? And I think, look, I think this game in isolation, like I think people going over the top saying it's the worst game in our history. This, that, and the other. Like, I, I think, I think it's over the top, and I think it's it's very reactionary. And I don't know, especially when we are where we are in the league and whatever else. I, I, I don't know that it makes us look good as a fan base. I think my my feeling about this was just how like how normalised it's kind of become. Like like there was there wasn't a part of me on Saturday that was especially surprised by that performance and that result. And okay, maybe we'll say look like our priority isn't isn't the FA Cup. Of course, it's not. We're probably not going to win the FA Cup. But at the same time, I I, I just find it I find it kind of very difficult to just be okay with the fact this is where we are like I know what you said there before Stephen like yeah it's a league one side losing to a league two side but we've we've talked endlessly about how we, we shouldn't really accept like we are we are a league one side but we shouldn't really accept that if you know what I mean and and I just I feel like um results yeah like results like Saturday they're kind of it, it's it, it kind of washes over you now you kind of you feel a bit apathetic about it now and I'm not saying that the people who were going wild about it are right are right to do so. I How did you feel, feel like... when we lost to Notts County that time under Bruce at home? Were you that bothered for longer than like a couple of days after it happened? I was probably I was probably oh. fuming at the time. I'm not, that... I was more embarrassed about that than yeah. No, you, than that's I what I mean. In isolation, but I think what it is is the the whole situation going around. And now, I think I don't know whether we're in step with people on this about like the league form and stuff. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who are concerned that um, we've ridden our luck so far. I'm not. I'm not saying that's necessarily the case. I do think it was in the Ipswich game. I'm not saying it has been every game, but I feel like there's a lot of fans out there who, I would argue, with good basis, are concerned that we're not pulling too many trees up. Yeah, there is. A, there are a few games where we should. We should. We should have coasted them, but we didn't. Um, there's a concern that kind of the luck's going to run out, or this which is only headed headed the same way that last season headed. Which is fair, and I, and I think that's where you get the reaction. Now, I will say that I think stuff like shouting for the manager's head, to me, is just it, it shows no understanding of what's gone before because a new manager won't fix the problems. No, it's not. No, no, and we'll we'll get on to Parkinson specifically. Um, and I know you say a one fix a problem, so we'll 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 address that now. Just thrown in another result, by the way, which I forgot about, which was far worse than probably any than that we've mentioned, and that's when we got the FA Cup fifth round under Poyet and lost to Bradford, who were managed oh, by Phil Parkinson, who were two divisions below us, with a real chance that's, of going in the FA Cup quarterfinal. That result, in terms of a blight on the club's history, is miles away from this one. 
miles that, away. That, that one I was fuming about for days. Yeah. Uh, well, it ultimately cost a point his job, was I that, think, did really. He, did I think. he clap them off? He came out the pitch and clapped them off, didn't he? Well, we 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 interviewed him, Gareth, didn't we? At the end of the we, game, well, and we he he was he was um, oh he was it was very he was acting very strangely and um, sort of saying ah oh, you know it's just I thought you know people should it's just an FA Cup game, isn't it? And that's what the English FA Cup's all about. It's just one of those things, just totally ignoring how badly his team played, and he, he was walking around trying to look composed and calm, but obviously it was having the opposite effect. Was that on the telly that day as well? I think it was, yeah. I think so. yeah, yeah, I think it was on Sky. It was. Um, mm. It's nice to have our embarrassment projected to the world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it wasn't on Sky. It was. I think it was on. It might have been BBC or something. I'm sure it was on Tilly. I'm sure it was on the Tilly. Yeah. I, I was there, but I'm sure. I'm sure it was. It was like two o'clock on a Sunday or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Um, there you go. There you go. Um, should we get on the the owner situation and stuff? I don't, I don't know what well, what well, spin we want to put on. What, what what situation? They're off tomorrow, aren't they? Well, Did you, oh, tomorrow's the, the big yeah. day. I think it's the end of the month, actually, Chris. Oh, is it? Sorry, which month? <laughs> the month. <laughs> the month, right? Okay. End of September, wasn't it? Well, it was the end it was August. before the season started. Then it was the end of September. That was the end of October. Uh, yeah. Just say coronavirus, just say pandemic, and then that's it. Yeah, and there's another takeover that looks like it's going to go through during this period as well. Um, yeah, another one. Yeah, Charlton have been taken over about four times in the time that we're supposed to be getting taken over. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because how can you sort of continue to voice your disdain for what's happening here and? And declare how unhappy you are. Uh, give it a with, with, without it, without it, sort of coming across in uh, you being negative about the team. Who uh, this result aside, currently, uh, you know, and it's debatable whether it'll continue. But are doing okay on the pitch, and what the, you, you can't do anything at the, at the matches because fans aren't allowed in. So all we can do is, you know, we can speak on here and write stuff. It's stuff we've already said though. But nobody should be surprised that this hasn't happened yet on the 9th of November. What, what do you want to... Oh, I don't know whether you, you go... Chris to say I something? Go? Yeah. Right, I'll go. You, you, you go, Chris. I'll go. Hang on, I'll get me script, script out. Um, no, I mean, obviously it hasn't happened. I mean, look, we all we all know what happened. In look, in July, all the, the, the local <coughs> paper were doing front and back page spreads on getting the owners out, saying fans don't want them here, this, that and the other. Where's, where's Wansatori, all this. Um, the, the owner lost his head at a meeting with fans where he basically blamed fans for the club not being sold. Um, he told everyone how much he wants for the club and was met with like universal derision because everyone said it's far too much money. Um, stories came out about him calling the police on fans. And then next thing you know, all of a sudden, um, Nick Barnes has a story that there's a takeover in the offer and it could be done before the start of the season. I mean, the timing looks suspect then. But people wanted to believe it, which I, I don't blame them. But I don't think anybody can look back at that now and not see it for what it is. Like, it, it's clear as day because what's happened since is everybody shut up. Everybody's gone, oh, well, this takeover's coming. We'll keep quiet. Pressure's gone. And now it, it looks like they're just going to try and muddle through and get promoted. And, well, okay, but this is the problem. And this is why, like, um, I do think... 
um, the fact what you've brought up there, Stephen, is like a really interesting point. Like the fact that we're not at the ground, the fact we can't go to games, and that the fact fans can't get together in big numbers is really it's playing into the current ownership hands because there's yeah okay you get people on social media and that which to be fair these owners seem more bothered about than most than reality based on, yeah based on past experience but but yeah it's uh I, I just find like i think even if even if we get promoted this year which god like hopefully we do because four four seasons in this in this league is almost unthinkable but even if we get promoted this year the concern is it's like well what happens next because there's clearly not money there to fund us properly in in this division so what happens what happens next like is somebody going to ride in and, and buy us the minute we get promoted I'm not, I'm not too sure they are certainly not for the price that's been thrown around and uh, I mean there's a meeting on on Thursday with the club yeah but to, to me it's at the point where it's just empty words like what what do, do we honestly believe anything that we're going to be told? Because I'm not sure. Either. I do. Feel, I, I do feel as though I know at, at this stage now it does feel as though the club are. And obviously, this goes back to Martin Bain when you know he was quite open to the idea of getting you know the Red and White Army involved and having the meetings and stuff like that. And obviously the current owners were happy to do them when everything's going well. It does feel as though that it's just a little bit, they're a bit now we're going to have to keep these people at arm's length because these are like, these like radical organisation or something like that. Like that, that, that's the vibe I'm getting from the club. It's yeah. like, rather I've been identified as like troublemakers. That's, that's a feeling I guess. It's, and it's total bollocks. You know, well, it is, of course, it is. It's absolutely. I think this scared know, the of being asked whole, the whole questions as well. I think the whole, yeah, 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 the whole purpose of an organize the organization is to ask questions that you know bring answers from the club in in difficult in difficult situations. It's it's not about like going and having a cup of tea and a biscuit and like with with Jim Rodwell. You know, it's about. Going and saying, look, these are the concerns that we've got, and cons- the concerns are always going to be higher when we're in League One, regardless of whether we're winning. If we're in the Premier League and winning, the concerns are going to be contextually smaller. Whereas in this league, even if you're winning every week, and this is what kind kind of why it spills over into this result of the weekend and the negativity on the back of it, you know, we're we're only one bad result away from a crisis. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, because things off the pitch are still, you know, it's a sticking plaster, isn't it? At the moment, the the, the team's good form on the pitch is a, a sticking plaster for everything that's going on, and they can always get away with, you know, point. Well, you know, we've made a good decision in pointing Parkinson and buying the players were brought in because they producing results on the pitch. Yeah, fair enough. But I'm telling you now, they like, like Parkinson is. Very lucky to still be here, like after that two months last season between yeah. October and December. He, he should have been he should have been sacked probably after the Burton game at home or the 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 um, Bolton game uh, on Boxing Day. He should have been sacked yeah. like without a doubt he should have been sacked. But the fact he, the fact he didn't get sacked is 
I don't believe it's on the basis that the owners like have like this deep ingrained faith in the point that they've made. It's because they can't afford to get rid of him. And it was probably a safe, cheap appointment at the time. But obviously, like you know, he kept Colchester up in the championship <laughs> as well, according to one of our esteemed um, directors who isn't involved anymore, apparently. Apparently. Um, so I think that's the, that's the frustration from Saturday. I understand not on the result, but on the overall context of the frustration. Yeah. It, just, it just goes to show you, and you have to scratch the surface... And and it's there. The problems are there. This is why when we're winning, yeah. This is why when we're winning, I'm not saying people need to complain at the point where it derails things or negativity but, spills over into the playing side. Whether or not people want to have that debate, whether it does or doesn't, but the the, the message and and the the opinion should remain the same regardless of the result on the pitch. It's a bit like Charlton a couple of years say, ago. Charlton were a good example. Berry. Very before they went bust yeah. got promoted. Yeah. So exactly. this idea this idea that if we all start voicing our concerns again that the the form on the pitch is gonna nosedive, it's total bollocks. And like to be honest, like, I think I think you're right in your view on like what what you think how um, the club view the Red and White Army. And to be honest, I think that they should count themselves lucky that it hasn't been worse. I mean there's been there's been nothing in person. There's been no organised like protest in person there. There been no, there were no chants at games about the ownership. It was all, it was about the manager when the when the form was bad, and then it all died off. And that, if if you remember when the when the second series of Netflix came out, they actually looked like they were going to benefit from a, a bit of a, a wave of like, oh, they seem like nice guys who who maybe are just a bit out of depth. It was only a month later when the the story about the missing twenty and a half million came out that 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 um, idea got put to bed. And I, I just think, like, I honestly, I think we've been fairly, fairly pleasant in the grand scheme of things. I mean, like I say, the last three months, nobody, nobody said anything. The press had completely backed off. And it's like, it's just how, how like, how long can it, how long can this go on for? Like, we've been being told for over a year and a half now, pretty much, that the club's close to a sale. It was a year and a half ago that Mark Campbell was first. Uh, it first came out that he was close to buying them, and he was introduced to people and this, that, and the other. And I have, I have no doubt that they're talking to people at the minute because they're always talking to people about selling it. But the, the what you said spot on, Gareth. The problem with it, and this is why I don't agree with kind of the immediate rush to blame the manager and say we need to change the manager, is that it won't solve things. Like, look at him. Um, We've seen uh, Bali Mumba yesterday, or, or sorry for uh, for Norwich. They're all raving about him. This this is a kid. This is a kid who we sold. Basically, he's playing left back for Norwich. Yeah, he's playing left back for Norwich, and every they're all raving about him. They say he looks great in that in the league above where we are now. This is a kid who we've sold for like relative buttons, and you can only deduce that the reason we've done that is because we need the money, and it's like that's a, that's not the manager's fault. Like the the manager's not the one making them decision. I mean, even even the bloke these guys brought in at the head of the academy basically put, turned around and said that players were, were sold above his head. Like young players were sold above his head. So, like, and that's not me making excuses for Paul Reed, but when even he's well, seeing it, like, it's very interesting. It's very interesting that as soon as he's disappeared, our results have picked up. The results have picked up. Yeah. I mean. But the problem, the problem for me with the academy and that is that the damage has been has largely been done. Yeah. 
Like these, there's gonna. We know for a fact now because we know the way it goes. There's gonna be kids who they've let go. Like, look, I'm not gonna say all of them would have stayed. I'm not gonna say all of them they did nothing to keep them. But we we know for a fact there's gonna be kids who they let go who they did either little to keep or they were actively encouraging to go. Who were gonna turn out to be good footballers, <coughs> and and it's us who there's suffer. A, so, there's a lad who's moved twice there. In the time that we've been, we've well, we've moved twice in the, in the last sort of year. Just Greenwood. Is it not Hugo? Then he, he went. Uh, didn't he go to Man United? Then he went to Leeds, didn't he? No, no. But, so it's Greenwood. Oh uh, yeah, Greenwood. Yeah, he went to Leeds. Hugo went to Arsenal. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Hugo went to Man United. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. So Greenwood's gone to Arsenal and then to Leeds. He's probably gone for more money than we've spent in the last two transfer windows or yeah. three transfer windows. On, on fees, yeah, they both you know it, both getting England call ups, like exactly, and, and it, it it is a bit. You think well, you know it, it's just you know it's, this is not the Dortmund model. Of course, you know this isn't the this is not well. This is not it, what we were told was going to happen. Now, I think it, nobody's naive enough to believe that. You know, people work that out very quick, well, relatively quickly. That was never going to be the case. Um, it's just I think the thing that the thing that grates and this is why like I can't get away with like this continued oh there's a takeover coming there's a takeover coming because I think we all know for a fact where at least one source of that information is now these people have absolutely no qualms in basically taking the piss out of us like <laughs> like the Sartori thing you'll be seeing a lot more of him soon well please define soon because we still haven't seen anything of him stuff like the Dortmund model. It's not like that was something that they tried and it didn't come to fruition. They never even attempted it. It was it was literally just words put out there to placate us until until it was too late to realise what was actually going on. Stuff like it just keeping the wolf from the door. That is yeah, that's literally all, all it do. is, and that's that all, is that all we do. That's like all. that's all the whole the whole the whole football operation at the football club the whole operation from the top to the bottom is just keeping the wolf from the door yeah. all the time and that's all this um, that's all this current thing is there's like there's there's some fans out there who were passing on information in good faith and they're getting the piss taken out of them and it, it's been happening for over a year and it and it's infuriating and I, and I, none of it none of this this is the this is why it it is because we're in league one as well but this is why we were only ever like two bad games from a crisis because everyone knows deep down that there's there's absolutely huge issues here, and until until we get them sorted, it, we're not we're not going to have a football cup to feel good about. Like as much as we all want to get promoted this season, but do any of us here really think that if we get promoted this season and nothing else changes, where we're we going to end? Oh, up? we'll come straight back down. Of course we will. We'll come straight back down. And I wouldn't like you know again. This has been so my view. This is unfair. I know Parkinson's got his detractors generally at the moment. I'm not one of them. Um, I say I think he should have been sacked after the at least after the Bolton game or the latest. Sorry, after the Bolton game. Um, but dude, I don't believe that. On what I've seen, I believe he could get us out of the division. On what I've seen, I think. However, I don't. I can't say could. I don't see definitely will. I do fancy us this year. On what I've seen from other teams. Um, however, I would say that there's no chance that he could keep us in the championship. Well, let's zero let's, chance. Let's have because, let's because um, it just is not going to happen. Let's have a break now, and then we'll come back. We'll talk. We'll talk about our position on on Parkinson, and then just finish up with you know 
what what we can do um, to try and make our voices heard in, in in terms of the ownership and stuff like that. And we'll, we'll touch on the this whatever bloody cup it's called now. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll focus a tiny bit on that. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, Chris, you are our guest, kind of. You're part of the team, but you're our, you know, you, you, you're our guest for night. So we always okay. put them on the spot and get you to do the plug-in for um, a clothing brand. Tell us what you know. Tell us what you know. What do I know? I do know that uh, Gareth has still got one of my items from said clothing <laughs> brand at his house. So the... One of the big issues with this pandemic has been I haven't been kitted out as nicely as I could have been in my house with a nice black from the terraces jumper. But I'm not sure. That, I'm not sure. Now, though, yeah, I'm not sure you could work at marketing, Chris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can get a hold of these items quite easily from the terraces, pandemic or not pandemic. Um, and they are in the middle of bringing out a new court range, aren't they, Gareth? Yeah, yeah, I'm one of those. Yeah, I like I like a jacket, me. I do like a coat, I like a jacket, even though you can't go out and wear them at the moment. Sometimes well, you just wear them in the house. Oh, yeah, I guess you, you can. can, yeah. But just, you don't want to go around a little or whatever, do you? With, um, Save some heating, put a jacket on. Yeah. With, like, uh, but it's also, it's not... It's not heating. It's not like lockdown one. It's not, like, it's not the 1980s, Stephen. <laughs> the mines of clothes in the house and you're like duffel coat and that. Well, you know, times are hard for some people, so... Um, yeah, but, it, but it's not like lockdown one. Not, oh, lockdown no, you're going to make me feel bad like I'm house. mocking the poor. Jeez, jeez, Steve. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Let's go back to taking the make out of Chris for being small and having to wear children's clothes. Right, brilliant. And there's a children's range from the terraces yeah, coming soon. Yeah, yeah, that's on the way. Oh, that's nice. So use the, yeah, yeah, use the code um, WMS10 checkout uh, from the terraces.co.uk um, and you'll get 10% off your basket. So do that. Yeah, do Christmas, Christmas shopping coming up, think about that. You can go on and yeah, you can make I've got to, I've got to do a, a, pl- a, pl- a plug for 
Um, a local business, please. Oh God, make it quick, and make it snappy. WMS ten, WMS ten. That's the key. That's the key message yeah. that we're pushing. That's the key. The key message. Go and use it and take advantage. But you can of also, it. you can also, you can also like be nice about other local businesses. One of my favourite locals at the moment is uh, the Hopnogger, which is um, a bottle shop, craft beers, etc. Um, which is kind of in New Giles Gate. It's actually next to a Papa John's, so that's a good link to tomorrow night's game. <laughs> um, it's next door to Papa John's um, on the road into Durham. Um, and uh, yeah, they do some great stuff, but obviously, you know, it's only a small place. They've just uh, recently had to close again uh, because of the old lockdown. Um, but you can, if you go and search for the Hopknocker on your social medias or on Facebook, Twitter, and um, Instagram, and if you search for them online, uh, you'll be able to uh, go online and you can click and collect. Um, so you can have a lovely browse of all the beers. Tonight I've got, I'm trying to cut down on my beer drinking, actually, because I've been drinking far well, too much. Well, I heard much, you say that, and honest. then I've noticed you drinking now, so yeah, it's obviously not going Yeah, so, well, I've I've planned it out so I can drink on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I can have, I've limited myself to one beer during the pod, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's it. There's no beer on those days. Um, but I've got... Um, <laughs> A beer from there called Your Bad Luck Has Saved You, which is a Dare beer, which is a West Coast side beer. There's a really nice brewery in Gloucestershire, and they've got loads of their stuff, so I'd recommend them. So if you go online, you'll be able to find all sorts in there at the, at the Hopnogger. That's my right. plug for okay. them. Just, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Are we done? I'm sure, I'm sure he's doing he is. a good job. We're, we're, we're getting very detailed now, though. Um, I'm just saying, well, Stephen, though, you know, you never know. You might get a free beer out of They don't do Carlin, unfortunately. Don't drink um, Carlin, Gareth. You know this. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Liar. No, I don't. Chris, does, does he drink Carlin? I'm sitting on the fence on this one. I'm keeping All right. Is this because I said you wear child's clothes? But see, well, now I'm going to see he doesn't wear Carlin because you've just gone and said that. <laughs> doesn't wear Carlin? <laughs> <laughs> it depends if someone glasses yeah, him. Yeah, I wore a down my shirt a few times back in the day. Um, yeah. No. No, right, come on. Let's 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 have a quick discussion here and, and look to wrap things up. I know there's not many people. Is there anybody uh, as part of the Wiseman say who's on the... On the parky out bus at the minute. I don't. It's quite simple, really. I think it's it's fair to criticise what you see, and I'm not convinced at all, long term, that he is the right guy for us. And his football can be difficult to watch. And it, it, we've had these age age old debates down the years, haven't we? When you know the West Ham fans wanted Sam Allardyce out, for example, even though they would perform moderately well in the in in, in the Premier League, I think. When you're in League One for a club the size of Sunderland and you shouldn't be anywhere near it, it does make it does change things a little bit. Why you're more inclined to say, "Let's just get out," and it's quite simple. This is the best start Sunderland have had in in the third division ever. So it's only our fourth, is fourth, fifth season down here. Um, Fourth, Third. so is it our fourth? Oh yeah, it's three and a half. Three, yeah, so we, so including the year when we when we actually smashed the league as well, nineteen eighty, eighty seven, eighty eight, which was the first season I, I actually went to a few games. We were behind our point total now after ten games, and we were behind under Jack um, the last two seasons under under Jack Ross as well. So statistically, it's the best start now. We've got a manager who's got us at the minute on over two points a game. Which is the bench, very much the benchmark for getting promoted. I don't think history is going to look kind on you if you sack a manager who's got you on over two points a game and has made the best start at this level that you've 
you've ever had, personally. That is the bottom line before you get on to your preferences and your opinion on, on his personality or style of play or whatever, yeah? Anyone in agreement? Yeah, I think that's... I think that's fair. I think like whatever their methods of getting there, and I, th- I think that's probably where you find the more valid criticisms. I think look like very cliched sentence, but it's it's a results business, and we are we are picking results up. Um, I, I get why people are concerned, um, but I think I think call, I think calling for the manager's head at this point would be would be daft anyway. Um, but I. I I think it's especially so just given what we've already covered in that to my mind it's it's not gonna fix the issues that we're having. I'll be honest, like when, when Parkinson came in, one of my thoughts was, well, he's arguably ready made for it because he's used to managing clubs that are kind of in crisis and that <laughs> that have um, shall we say, erratic ownership. So I mean I think I think the question you've always got to consider is like, okay, so we'll get rid of the manager, who we're gonna get in? Like I've heard names thrown around, which are just like like just baffling. Like no, just, people, just, people think. always look back. For example, some you, you see people talking about like Sam Allardyce and that, and like I don't know what planet these people are on, but everyone's like talking about like Poye and Di Canio and that. I, I know Paul. I think Paul Cook is like the one who's who's everyone's who's everyone's favourite of potentially realistic options, which I think is fair. But I, would would he definitely come? Like I mean. The, there's an awful lot of uncertainty around the club at the moment, and I just, I think, look, I think he, I think he would come to Sunderland, but, but you, like you I would, I would think so as well. But you, you never know, really, do you? you? You don't know, like it would be very ballsy for any owner. It would be very ballsy for any owner to get rid of Parkinson with this record and bring Paul Cook in. Now, I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying that if they did, if that did happen, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't be happy necessarily. Not again, not because I want Parkinson out, but I think Paul Cook would be an excellent manager, but. It's very unlikely somebody's gonna gonna do that when they're in a position that would have to pay off a manager when you there haven't really got any no, money anywhere going forward. So you can't you can't just, afford to pay off a manager. You can't afford to give a new manager a new income manager uh, any sort of budget. It's just not it's just not going to happen unless unless the results turn. Now somebody mentioned there. I, I think Chris, you said when you scratch under the surface, there's something bubbling underneath, and I get that. And if suddenly. Sunderland lose two games comfortably, the feeling's going to be very, very different, isn't it? And I get that, but at the minute, let's go by where we are. But I think ultimately, like even if we didn't have the ownership issues that we do, um, this club in this league, if we start losing games, you're gonna, we are, we're gonna have issues. Yeah. I mean, you've got to remember under, under Ross in the first season, we actually we only lost five games all season, and three of them. <clears throat> We're in um, the last, in the latter stages, yeah. April and May, yeah. Yeah. So, like, like, so there was never really like people. People were frustrated. There was obviously there was the jokes about like the one-one draws and that. People were frustrated, but it never the the wheels never really came off. And actually, we were always playing catch up. And the assumption was always that actually we'll 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 get there. Whereas actually, when you when you remember, like the those um those defeats at like uh, Fleetwood. And South End, we went into the playoffs like with a lot of people actually really unhappy, and that was, and that was when everyone was like massively supportive of the ownership and that. So it's just by it's by dint of what league we're in, like because and to be honest, like in a way, I, I think it's I, I do I think it's a good thing because I think the day we just accept being a League One club, it, that 
this club's ambition has gone. Like we know for a fact that the ownership have already accepted. So as fans, we need to we need to strive for better. So I think I think he's always going to have that kind of issue where if we go a couple of games without winning. Um, but I but I agree at the, at the minute it doesn't make it really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it's never going to happen anyway. It's, it's like not even a, a worthwhile discussion. Have it worth having? It's like. Especially because they're probably not. He ain't, he ain't going to get. Anyway. He ain't going to get like. He didn't get sacked after that two months last season. Well, he yeah. probably should have been. He ain't going to get sacked. Yeah. He ain't going to get sacked when he's only dropped nine points in ten games. Yeah. We've beaten the top two teams and we're one point off automatic promotion with a game in hand. It ain't going to happen. Like, what's the point in even discussing it? And also, we're in League One. Like. And this is not as this isn't saying that we should accept it. Absolutely not. We should get out of it as soon as we possibly can. But like, if you look, if you go on, if you, you know, if you want to watch like fantastic football with like outstanding quality and great technical players or whatever, don't go to League One. Like, it isn't going to happen. You're not going to see that. You're gonna, you're gonna see, you know. Scrappy spells in games, you might get bursts of you know f- flow in a game, flurries of goals or whatever. I'm sorry, like you're not you're not going to see anything elaborate, especially this season. There's a lot of functional teams in this league. We are a functional team. Yeah, there's loads of like Ipswich are a functional team. You know, we, you know, the, all the teams have seen like. I think generally have I been th- that way. I'm, I just I don't. I, I just think I'm not saying people need to lower their expectations in terms of the goal. I just think they need to lower their expectations, maybe in where how we're going to get to that goal because I, I think it, it the just point, isn't. I think the point you're making, I think, actually probably feeds into why people are quite, especially recently, are quite quick to rush to like being angry about it because I think um, tr- truthfully, kind of like. Obviously, none of us can go to the match. We were all sat watching on TV, and and I don't know whether it's just me who thinks this. I could be way off, but it does feel. I think the standard is worse, but it it feels considerably worse when you just sat watching it yeah. on a stream from home, and you're not yeah. you're not really getting that like atmosphere. You're not you're not getting the more some of the more fun parts of like the match day experience kind of thing. And I think I don't think that's helping us because I think look if we were if we were blowing teams away or whatever, people would be fine. But I think when you're playing this brand of functional football, which we all knew we were going to play when Parkinson came in, at least if you're at the game, you can kind of you can have a bit yeah. of shouting scream. I think that. you're right. In the, in the, in the, two, ga- the, the two games led but a scored late penalties, but Peterborough and Ipswich, my main take from coming away from those games is how negative some people were over over sides that are going to be up there. We're doing enough. We're finding a way to win the game. It's not glorious champagne football, as, as Gareth said. You're not going to get that anywhere at this level, really. If there were fans in the ground, they would be leaving those games happy with the tails up and feeling positive because we've got a late yeah. winner against a good team. And I think you're right, Chris. I think the the fact that you aren't there and you can't you can't enjoy that. Um, experience is is definitely maybe it's just it's maybe a bit misleading and it's maybe um, influencing what people see in the wrong way I think I think that's probably like a a, for me anyway it feels like that's a problem football's having in general like I'm watching games and I don't feel anywhere near as kind of sort of invested in them as I previously have and I don't know whether that's 
because because of what's gone on with our club over the last year. But it, it does. I, I don't. I, I certainly don't think that's helping, and I, and I think. I think that's something which we obviously are, but I think that's something people possibly need to take into account as well. Remember, um, yeah, criticise. I mean, I've, I mean, the Premier League and I've been on, but you know, honestly, I found myself going like, I think I'd rather watch like like the, when the IPL is on at the same time. I'd rather watch the the IPL and stick that on because it's, I don't know, it's just more enjoyable. It's it's like than watching like, I don't know. Fulham V, you know. Well, CNN was better than yeah, you know, West Brom. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> but, but this is it. It's a, it. It is a wider thing. You know, I am in. I'm, I do feel as though it's easier to just forget what you've seen. Like when when you're watching something games at the moment, it's easier just to like switch off. It's almost like when you go into the game. You know, and I've talked about this before when we we're in the Premier League, every game was an event. Yeah. It's not like that in the lower divisions, but it's still you've got a routine. You know, if we're doing the home games, we might be doing a thing at the Peacock. You get there early, you do that, have a few drinks, go over the game. You're going home in the car after you've got the radio on, you listen to, you know, Total Sport or whatever, listen to the phone in, people's opinions, and you kind of, you haven't, you haven't like, and you've been speaking to people after the game, you haven't like kind of, it takes you a bit while to wind, wind down, like the build up the game's longer, the wind down after the game's longer, when you get yeah. home on the Saturday, whereas at the moment it feels like, there's no build up to the game, you put the stream on or whatever, five to three, watch the game, once the game's finished. Do you not watch like the coverage generally... before? <laughs> the excellent yeah. coverage before? Um... No, I don't like that, um, <laughs> that fellow who's a singer in that band, like he's a bit annoying, like, don't mind Danny Collins. <laughs> um, no, you're right. And I think we do miss that stuff and we do miss doing the live shows. We did the Peacock at the club, getting sacked from the club, stuff like that. It's all, you know, it's all it's all fond I memories. It's <laughs> at least somebody got sacked. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I think that, to be fair, Stephen, like, I don't want to laugh at there, but I, I do think, like, for us, definitely, I, th- I think that takes away from it. Because there is this, this little nagging thing at the back of your mind all the time, certainly is for me, and, and it's it's not something that you want to feel like about your football club. Like it, it's not an en- it's not an enjoyable thing. And I think no. again, like if we were, if you were able to actually go to the game, see a win, go to the pub after, you can have a little rant about it or whatever. You or you can just like you can chat about the game kind of thing. Whereas like what you've said there, uh, Gareth, like it's like five o'clock and you're like, all right, okay. Um, I'll, I'll get on with me night so it, 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 it's just not a, I'll, I'll do some I'll just go and sit in a different room let's what a treat oh, yeah let's not go I'm starting to get depressed thinking about it all now. I think we're right we, 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 we'll wrap it up there does anybody have anything in particular that want to say about this game I think I guess the only decision Parkinson's got to make is does he give those players another chance to redeem themselves or does he think if I give them another chance to redeem themselves and they lose the negativity is going to really start creeping back in or do people just not care enough about this trophy for that to be I the case I don't think people care. I do care about it. I know it. you do, but I don't think... I think most people don't. I, I feel like why we're down here, we need to win this competition to complete our time at this at this level. That's how I feel about it. I honestly do. Well, it would be, it would be typical like, that Sunderland would win their, their only... Um, uh, 
get there only win at Wimbledon at Wembley in three hundred. Wimbledon. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sunderland against uh, Pete Sampras <laughs> in the Papa John's Trophy final. Yeah, um, the only win at Wembley in three hundred years, and we wouldn't be allowed to go to watch it. That would be that would be about that would right. be quite typical, wouldn't it? Right. Anything else before we wrap it up? No. Uh, I was okay. going to say something, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. We'll be back in a couple so of weeks where we lost a couple of games and we were wanting the manager out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 